0: Welcome to Shortcut to Slim, a research-based podcast on dieting and nutrition brought to you by GetMealPlans.com and Happy Herbivore. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. To formally end Season 2, I wanted to share with you my research that I worked on all summer. If you struggle with negative self-talk, have or have had depression in the past, struggle with feeling happy most days, or you'd simply like to improve your mood, feel more confident, feel happier, less depressed, and naturally improve your strength and coordination without ever going to the gym, ever, 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 keep listening. Here's a little backstory. As I was waiting around in all of this mindset research and recording the first episodes of this season, I kept thinking, okay, I buy all this stuff. Totally, totally get it. Makes sense. But I don't know how to apply it. Where do I really go from here? All the information, the insights, the slogans, the tips, they were super helpful, but I wasn't remembering them in the moment that I needed them. A good analogy would be that someone enlightened me that the reason my toilet wasn't flushing was because it was clogged and I needed a plunger to unclog it. And they even gave me a tutorial on how to use the plunger to unclog the toilet. So I buy the plunger, I go home, I do it like they showed me, I unclogged it and yes, things are great. Success! but then a month later or a day later, whatever, it's clogged and for whatever reason, I don't remember that I bought a plunger or that the plunger is sitting in my utility closet. Okay, maybe this wasn't the best example. The point is, I had all this information and I had all these tools, but it felt like so much to remember and keep at the front of my mind all the time. And even with diligence, even trying to remind myself, setting reminders, putting little sticky notes everywhere, there were still so many times that I forgot or I just couldn't get myself to actually do the thing. I wanted it to be simple, or at least I wanted a simple step toward A solution. I just needed a starting point, not a meme, not a platitude, not more information, just something that would help set me up for success without having to do so much work thinking, et cetera. And I also know from both my personal experiences and research that good choices beget good choices. And there's definitely a little bit of truth to that saying, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But it's not what most of us think, as you learned in season one. The question isn't whether or not to eat breakfast, but what breakfast are you eating? Breakfast is the most important meal of the day because it often sets the tone for the day, not only in dictating other food choices you make, but also how you feel in your body, as well as in your mind and your spirit. And that can affect how you think and how you talk to yourself, which then influences more choices and also can affect your hormones, which we learned in this season. And again, I knew all this stuff. You know all this stuff. You've heard me say it. And so I got it. I need a positive outlook. I need to be happy. I need to be open-minded. Got it. Yet, you know what? I still wasn't showing up to my bowl of oatmeal with a smile on my face. And I tried it all. I tried meditation and prayer and saying mantras and being like, I love oatmeal and looking at myself in the mirror and saying like, I love you and giving myself compliments. And I was texting friends gratitudes first thing in the morning and just going on and telling myself how great oatmeal was. And okay, most days I didn't remember to do it, but Then there were days that I did. And there at the end, I admit, I got a good streak going. But you know what? It never changed how I felt about the oatmeal. It just didn't. I still kind of showed up with um, a poopy attitude. And there was definitely some utility in all those practices I just described. But like I said, mostly I still struggled with feeling joy or happy or just less depressed. Like I just, there wasn't that much improvement going on. I still had a whole lot of negative self-talk and I had this very loud, very obnoxious inner critic. In fact, she still exists, but she's a little quieter now. And I just, I knew, I knew that another mantra, another meditation, another inspiring talk on YouTube, none of that was gonna do it for me. By, I don't know, happy accident, synchronicity, Who knows, I came across a random research study where dance had been used for therapeutic expression. This really, for whatever reason, sparked my curiosity and so I sent out. I started looking for any study, research, whatever I could find that involved dance. And there are troves of them. I don't know what's been going on, but in the last couple of years, there has been this huge study and inquiry into dance as therapy. So at this point, based on the research that's been kind of happening in the last couple of years, really like the last decade, but the last couple of years, it's really, really sort of kind of taken itself away. We know that dance works. We know that dance works as a tool for social anxiety. We know that dance works as a tool for depression and self-bonding, which is another word for interconnectedness, which is another word for feeling connection to yourself and other humans. Um, We know that dance improves cognitive skills, even in the elderly who are dealing with dementia and other kinds of limitations. But we don't know why. Neuroscientists, physiotherapists. Cognitive psychologists, social anthropologists, and a million other really super-duper fancy-sounding names, they're all working on this. They're all working together to try to understand why it works, to understand the mechanisms behind why dance is working as therapy. Is it neurological? Like, is dance stimulating some kind of happy neurochemical? Is it a matter of quality of life? Like, is it a psychology thing? Are the cognitive changes happening within the physical body during the physical dance movements, in which that would be an area of cognitive psychology? Is it the social element of dancing, like in a dance class, because that would be anthropology, but do the effects still happen when the individual is alone? Uh, so there's just so much going on and so much that we don't know, but we know that it works. And scientists just want to know this. They want to know what it is. What is the makeup of all of these different changes that leads to these improvements, especially because it seems to really work with depression, even with teenagers. The most impressive benefit I read, and there were so many, I couldn't even list them all, but the most impressive one that I read had to deal with patients who have Parkinson's disease. It was so encouraging, like I was in tears by the end, to read an article out of Harvard that said that there's evidence that activities like dance and tai chi are stabilizing the effects of the disease and slowing the degree to which everyday movement is affected. Like it's actually a treatment and that was so exciting and encouraging for me to read. It just really warmed my heart to know that these are huge possibilities here with this dance. So they don't know why, but fortunately you and I don't need to know why dance works. We just have to take action. We don't need to know why it works, we just know that it does and we can take actions and get all of the goodness for ourselves immediately. Like I said, we just have to take action, we have to dance and this is where my study comes in. After testing dancing out on myself and then soliciting feedback from some of my private clients, I recruited 50 different women to participate in a study with me. I didn't tell them anything about it, except that they would have to commit 15 minutes of their time every day for 30 days, no excuse. They had to be able to offer that to me to be in the study and I didn't tell them anything else. After they agreed and said that they had that kind of availability, I told them that they had to dance for 15 minutes, which is three to five songs, in the morning before they did anything else. It was the first thing they had to do. Yes, this meant that most of them had to get up a little bit earlier, but the results, shockingly good. After dancing, 92.3% said that dancing improved their mood. 68% said they felt more confident. 61.5% reported less negative self-talk. 61.5% reported feeling happier, less depressed, and better spirits than the month. Before, like that month, they felt better. 88.4% said dancing helped them improve their outlook on life and just their general mood throughout the whole day. And 50% said they had more body awareness. If you don't like dancing, don't worry, neither did most of my participants. In fact, 61.6% reported they didn't like dancing when they started, but now 92.3% of them said that overall, they enjoyed dancing the entire month. 66.7% have even planned to keep on doing it. They like it that much. It's been this effective for them that 66.7% are planning to keep doing it in the morning. As for how soon the haters liked it, 38% they liked it immediately, 27% said they liked it after the first week, and then it sort of trickled in after that. But the most part, almost everybody came around to liking it. What I found very fascinating, this was the most fascinating of all the statistics, and there are so many, there's so much interesting data, go to the show notes to get the full list, there's pages of it, and I couldn't summarize it all here, but what I found extremely fascinating is that less than 10%, 7.6% to be exact, found their hunger changed. That means only 7.6% of people reported hunger changed. like over 90% no change in their hunger. And this is huge because most forms of, quote, exercise and especially working out stimulate false hunger, causing you to overeat unintentionally. And that is not the case here at all. It did not affect the hunger. There was no artificial hunger. There was no extra eating. None of that happened. It was a very isolated, protective, just total win, 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 positive boost. And it also really warmed my heart to see that 73% would recommend this activity to a friend. Like I said, for the full report, including the statistics of my subjects, including like um, 54% said they had depression in the past, 43% reported feeling depressed when they started, um, or the 33% lost weight during the study, even though they didn't alter their diet or change anything else, check the show notes, get in, dig around in the data, it's super fascinating and um, more than I can summarize right now. I also wanted to just share with you an email that I received from a participant on day one, and I'm going to try to not cry when I read it. Lindsay, I live in Iowa. We had a massive flooding last night here. Water in my yard ripped out a six-foot-high chain link fence. My husband helped people strand in on their cars using a garden hose. My sump pump worked overtime, so my home is dry. But after only 4 hours of sleep, I woke up to a damaged yard full of debris and lots to do. I didn't want to start my day today. I woke up exhausted, defeated, and frustrated looking out my windows. My alarm was set for 6:30 and it said, "Dance with Lindsay." Today is day 1 and I could have easily started tomorrow. But I got out of bed and I danced like I've never danced before. It didn't make the storm damage magically go away. I still have reality in front of me, but I feel strong and powerful. I feel energized and ready to tackle the problems in front of me. 15 minutes of dancing changed my frame of mind in a way I don't understand. So thank you for virtually dancing with me today, Lindsay. I can do what is needed of me today, and I feel good about it. My positive, can-do attitude will pour out into others. What a beautiful day filled with possibilities. Thank you. The bottom line here to end this season and this episode is that there's a growing body of scientific, peer-reviewed evidence that our minds can power us. And there's a growing body of scientific, peer-reviewed evidence that dance is a highly effective therapy tool. It works for social anxiety, depression, increased cognitive skills, particularly in the elderly. It can help reduce dizziness and vertigo and improves your agility and physical strength. And it can improve self-bonding and interconnectedness. So try it and keep an open mind about it. Most interestingly, well, to me at least, is that the benefits from dance have been shown to last even when you stop dancing. For example, in one study, even a week after the participants had had their last dance, they still had a higher mood outlook than 12 weeks before. There's no downside. Even if you have a physical limitation, you can still do your own form of dancing. And in fact, several of the women in my study did have those limitations. They either were in wheelchairs or they had problems with their knees they did it. They did their own form of dancing. So if you're looking for that simple first step, that thing that you can do that will just set you up for the rest of the day without having to think so much and remember a bazillion tools, try dancing for 15 minutes. If you want to improve your mood, create a more positive connection to your body, reduce the negative self-talk, make better good-for-you choices without thinking about it so much, if you wanna reduce depression and just general blah, dance for 15 minutes, first thing in the morning. I've done this everywhere, on cruise ships, in parking lots, in hotel rooms, in my house. Most of the time I do it in my garage so no one can see me, but it's just three songs. Admittedly, it was hard for me to get into this routine. And so this is sort of how I approach it. When I feel overwhelmed or defiant the night before, I say, couldn't I just set my alarm and see? And then the next morning when I hear my alarm, can't I just put my pants on? And then once I do that, can't I just open Spotify? Followed by, well, couldn't I just dance for half of one song? If you want to know how to dance, you just let your body go. There's no specific kind of dancing you have to do. I'm a terrible dancer. It's hugely embarrassing. I look like Elaine from Seinfeld. Seriously, really, that's what I look like. But that's okay. Just let go. Let your body move wild and free. Just kind of get down with your bad self. Shake your body. I don't know. You could dance seductively. You could dance like you're in a club or just, I don't know, shake your limbs in any way they'll go. The point is to just move your body, get in touch with it, feel it. Maybe imagine you're performing, maybe imagine you're releasing some inner demons or bad habits, I don't know, Whatever is gonna work for you to get you to move your body. I personally like to choose songs that have sort of a dancey beat to them, and songs that I know the words that I can sing along to. And you know what I'm talking about is the songs you sing along to in your car and you kind of dance in your seat. For me, that's a lot of Taylor Swift, Please Stop Judging Me. But choose whatever kind of music you like. A lot of the participants enjoyed Michael Jackson. It's all about what you like admittedly, it's probably going to feel a little silly and a little awkward the first time you do it. And I still feel really silly and awkward for the whole first song, but eventually I let myself go and just really let my body be free. And if you hate it the first week, that's okay. Just keep doing it. Magic will happen and you will come around. What was it? 92 some percent? Here's another way to think about it. This isn't a chore. This isn't another thing on your to do list. This isn't some awful class you have to slave to at the gym. This is a gift to yourself so you can succeed all day in all the ways you want to without thinking and trying so hard or having to remember all of your tools and having boatloads of willpower. You're starting your day by taking time for yourself, for caring for yourself, caring for your body. So come dance with me, connect to your inner self and do this very simple, very easy thing that will empower you to live the way you want and achieve your goals all day without working so hard because that is a shortcut. This is a huge, huge shortcut, maybe the ultimate shortcut other than having a mindset, but this kind of goes hand in hand with that. It's only 15 minutes and you're more than worth it. This is your special time with you and no one else. You're free of the pains of the world, free of the to-do list, free of the chores, free of social media, and free of the feelings. You get to feel the rhythm instead. You've been listening to Shortcut to Slim, a research-based podcast brought to you by Happy Herbivore and Meal Mentor, GetMealPlans.com. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. And this is the conclusion of season two, where I brought you into the incredible world of mindset science and how your mind can affect what happens in your body and vice versa. Dancing is a huge tool to help you with this. If you've heard something helpful, please rate this podcast on iTunes and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.